Hello, and welcome to the third episode of the University Star Black History Month podcast, Community of Culture, The Black Perspective. I am your host, Brandon Sams, the opinions editor here at the University Star. And once again, I have my co-host, starting with... Alicia, (laughs) Michaela, (laughs) and Sterling. Yes, so we're back once again with the jump off, um, to quote Miss Lokem. And this week, Michaela, you started us off with your column on um, how you believe that minorities, specifically black people, cannot be racist. Can you explain to the people at home? You They caused quite the controversy, so to speak, online, um, quite the debate in the comment section. So um, anything you want to clear up? Um, I would like to point out that in my column, I stated that minorities cannot use, minorities can't be racism because to carry out acts of racism, you have to have some type of power or privilege. Speaking of racism in the United States. That being said, minorities can be discriminatory and prejudiced. That in no way is the same thing as being racist. A white person calling a black person like a nigger that has racist undertones because of this history, the history of our country. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the worst a black person can call a white person is what, like a cracker or call them basic? But that's nowhere near on the same level yeah. as calling someone a derogatory term that has significant historical impact and societal impact in America. So for all those people in the comment sections to try to come at me and call me racist and ignorant, I just don't even understand where you're coming from. And I don't need someone whose culture has not experienced racism to define racism for me, if that makes sense. Like, all those white people coming for me, don't tell me what racism means because what racism have have you experienced or has your family experienced? That's true. So you define racism more so in the sociological perspective where it's defined as privilege plus power as opposed to the layman dictionary definition which just says you know some kind of animus towards someone of a different racial group yeah i think the dictionary which is created by white people let's just throw that out there the heads of merriam webster are all white so you know um i think prejudice and discriminatory is a or prejudice Saying that someone is prejudiced or that someone is discriminating against you is should be used like when talking about things on the internet or like people just use the term racism too loosely. And for me, like that's the highest level of hate, if that makes sense. Like I'm not gonna immediately jump to racism because below that is prejudice and discrimination. And racism is like, all the way up there in the heavens in terms of offense. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, I think it's it's an, when we're talking about racism since it's since it's so <clears throat> impactful on the community. There, it needs to be a distinction made between just the layman understanding of it and the more pervasive and more derogatory. Um, perspective of racism where it's what really does affect people's day-to-day lives in a very negative very discriminatory and very um 
um, <laughs> in, in a way that um, that affects them to the core, where it, mm-hmm. it stops them from doing certain things, as opposed to, like you said, with a white person, for them it's just like, oh, a group of black kids called you white boy once and like drove home, and you like that was the that's the extent of racism mm-hmm. for you. Whereas for a black person, you know, for sterilization, it's genocide, it's 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 mass rape, and it's all of these things. It's lynchings, it's terrorism. Even still to this day, you know, where we look at the story where the people were having a birthday party for their son, and then the people with the um, Confederate flag drove up and kind of terrorized the little black boy's birthday party just because. Mm-hmm. Like that's terrorism. That's what racism is. Not you know, someone yelling, hey, white boy, and you like, oh my gosh. I'm like, no, girl, yeah. that's, sorry, that those things aren't, you can't equivocate those two things. Exactly, they're not comparable. What do y'all think? Do y'all think that that's an important distinction to make, or do you feel like racism is racism? Um, I feel like, I do feel like racism is racism, but that is an important distinction to make. <clears throat> um, just because black people, we, we just always get the short end of the stick and it's not fair and people think that we're just whining about it but we're not whi- like we're only saying this because of things that have happened over the over centuries really and it's still happening to this day so it's just so sad yeah and i think it's also important because when you understand it from the sociological perspective of privilege plus power you you get a better understanding of how pervasive racism is um, institutionally because without the intersection of privilege and power, you can't really, racism can't manifest in the same way mm-hmm. because... You can't get away with it. Yeah, and with when you have privilege and power, it becomes a cultural and institutional and societal phenomenon because you have you have the collective authority to make it as pervasive as it is. Whereas when you're on the lower rungs of society, your racism is very much self-contained and it's very much just to you and your collective group who generally don't have the same amount of prerogative to make it this kind of cultural, mm-hmm. culturally sanctioned thing that goes on in society. Were you about to say something, Sterling? Um, yeah, like I... That was just a huge distinction. Like, I really don't believe um, we could be racist or any minority group in the United States could be racist against white people. And this is why. Like, the same thing that you were saying, Brandon, privilege plus power. Honestly, if everybody was on the same playing field, I'm sure that each race wouldn't allow another race to do some of the things that have been done to us or anybody or any other minority group in the US. And so that being said, since that has never been the case, ever, there has never been another minority group here in the United States um, with the starting of American with history. With the starting of American history, mm-hmm. um, other than Caucasian people that have dominated for us to even have a chance to establish. It's systematically set up. It really is. And so um, when you're looking at the factors of privilege and versus poverty, power that has been set for generations before us, it's like, okay, um, we can be discriminatory, we can be very upset at this certain group of people, but look at what has happened and what is still happening. So to try to 
try to say just because we are, we, oh, you're getting emotional and upset now because, you know, you're mad about the injustices that are done to your people, that doesn't make any sense. And then on top of that, to call us racist is- Like, how dare you? It's a slap in the face. Mm-hmm. It's a true salt rubbing and an open wound. And I think that's why it was important for me to note in my column that as as members of a community that has received so much hate and destruction and animosity, it's important that we don't, because it's so easy to get angry at, at white people. It's just so easy to let it all get to you and just be so angry. And it's important not to let that anger be misguided and turn into hatred for a certain group of people because then at the end of the day, we're no better than them. And we should use that anger to fight for what we believe is right. Mm -hmm. And I felt like that was, yeah, I felt that was was important to point out in my column because I've been a mad black woman plenty of times, (laughs) trust me. Yeah, um, and I kind of going back to what you said, Sterling. I think um, that there's a segment of the white population who get off to calling specifically black people, but just minorities in general, racist because it's it's oftentimes been so exclusive to them, or not just exclusive, but it's it's just oftentimes when we talk about stereotypes, one of the main stereotypes for white people is that they're racist or something like that. Mm-hmm. So they feel they like to like shift that blame and to be like, oh no, I'm not racist, you're racist because they just get off to like, oh yeah, you're a black person, you're racist. And it's just like this weird, <laughs> like it's weird to me, but especially when you, um, in online communities, you just see it, like they just love to, you know, black person say like, oh, <laughs> white people are funny. Then, then you know, a slew of white people like, how dare you, this is racism. <laughs> what about, it? and then they go to misquoting my, um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh-huh. <laughs> this is not what he died yeah, for. I'm just like, first of all, life. he was assassinated. Oh, he yeah. didn't die for anything. He was trying to progress, you know, social, political, and racial equality, and someone assassinated him. Yeah, and, and it's like, who killed him, yeah. though? Mm-hmm. And someone uh, commented on my column who, they they put their name as Martin Luther King Jr., <laughs> and they were so obviously white, I was like, how dare you? How? And then they just, they said the world this whole paragraph coming at me, and I'm like, you have the audacity to write your name as Martin Luther King Jr. and call me racist. If you don't sit your, ooh, <laughs> the audacity of these people, I'm just like, how dare you? Yeah. They, they have quite some kind of gall, some mm. kind of just, like, like you said, Sterling, it is very offensive to equate this, to just, even, even if, you know, some black people are being prejudiced or just, not even discriminatory, because that's a very minuscule mm-hmm. segment of black people even have the power to discriminate mm-hmm. institutionally against white people. Exactly. But even if some black people are being prejudiced against white people, it is it is very offensive to equate that to the history of what white people have done, not only to black people, but to indigenous populations and Asian people with the Chinese Exclusion Act and just all of these intersectional minorities. 
like don't equate us to you like you want to equate somebody to you so you Mm -hmm. can feel like Mm -hmm. oh we're on the same playing field because that's convenient for you but that's not the case like you're literally in your own lane and it's a horrible lane to be in and the thing about prejudices it's like for prejudice a lot of times um I mean, prejudices can be taught and passed down from generations. We understand that. But we, I I just say this all the time. I was like, it's the white man's world. Like, it really is. Mm-hmm. We live in the white man's world. And so we have come across experiences, a lot of us, whether we've lived in predominantly, you know, minority um filled communities or whether we've had multicultural communities that we've grown up in or all white communities some black people have grown up in and we have experienced a lot of things that they have not had to experience because many white people don't either grow up around a lot of black people Mm -hmm. and so these prejudices that you're getting from is from a small from from wherever you're getting them your grandparents your tv um which are (laughs) all horrible places to get you know your views and ideals from but we get most of our views and ideals about a lot other of races. yeah about other races and especially your people from experiences yes. if we haven't experienced it we're not going to be like oh yeah this they all like that blah 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 all this stuff mm-hmm. because we people do that to us all the time we're not going to inflict that on other people mm-hmm. so i i don't understand and i don't please, understand yeah Please I don't understand. Tell me how someone <laughs> calling you basic equates to me having to duck down in the car whenever we drive through certain towns when I'm going to go visit my grandma because I'm a black girl. Yeah. That like, doesn't equate. Someone's saying like, oh, you like Starbucks, don't you? Jokingly. Like, that's yeah. not, that's not equivalent that's not at, all. at all. We literally, we can't even stop in some towns because they'll kill us just because we're black. And you, girl, if you, if you don't sit down somewhere. Or how like, your parents may have an education and like may work at a certain job or be something that is not like, quote unquote, a very African-American, like mm-hmm. um, a heavy field, like, you know, African-Americans aren't a whole lot of doctors like and teachers. Field, yeah. yeah. And different things like that. And then you get asked like, oh, really? Oh, your father really did that? Oh, cool. I guess. Whatever. Like mm-hmm. they try to brush you off like, oh, she's just lying. She doesn't know what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Like you most likely y'all can run around here and say that your doctors, I mean, your your parents are freaking business people and lawyers and professionals, but we still have the stigma that we can't do anything other than rap, sing and play basketball mm-hmm. entertain and enter yeah why why mm-hmm. prejudice mm-hmm. stereotypes come on preach yeah and kind of going back to what you said about how th- their prejudices don't come from experience but from you know some kind of something from their family tree or something that they see and it goes back to what Michaela's saying about privilege plus power their prejudices come from a societal, cultural, and institutional least sanctioned uh, belief about other people. And that's what racism is. It's not just, you know, us saying like, oh, this white person did something, so, you know, be careful. And then even with, (laughs) (laughs) be careful. And even with black people and whatever animus some black people have, may have toward white people, it, to me, at least sometimes the way that I look at it, it's caution 
because if you look throughout the history of black and white um of black and white uh relationships Uh yeah like we've been at the they've been at the better end of the relationships Uh and and generally being discriminatory towards us, oppressing us, all these kind of things. And even if you look at it just in the American context, from the beginning, before it, when we were just a colony, all the way up to 1865, when slavery was was, um, Emancipation Emancipation Proclamation, and then 100 years of Jim Crow laws. So up until 1965, you have all of that historical precedent of this is how white people have treated you and people who look like you. So for me, especially with older black people, it's not about racism or prejudice. It's just about caution, because that's literally all they've known. And, And Maya Angelou said it best, when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. And this is what you showed us for literally hundreds of years. So you honestly cannot get mad if we're a bit standoffish or if we're like, okay, let me reassess your intentions and what you and uh, your thoughts about this, because this is what I know has happened and this is what I know can happen now. So let me reassess this. It's some kind of caution, some kind of even, you could say resentment, but I would not call it prejudice or racism because it's just they don't come from the same place Mm -hmm. white people hated black people just because they were black Mm -hmm. black people's prejudice quote unquote towards white people is often because of what they've done to their people that's very Mm -hmm. different and a group that was that is similar to us as far as the way that white people had treated them and how like their views are kind of very cautious when dealing with like white America, white people throughout Mm -hmm. centuries are Native Americans. I'm not going to speak for all of them because I'm not a part of that group, but I know there are some Native Americans that are very cautious when they're dealing with white people as far as business Mm -hmm. and just different avenues in, in, in their lives and and aspects. Like there are social injustices against them as well. Is it hyped up in the media as much as our stuff is? No, but we're going to be working on that. But I'm just saying like, we're not the only group that has been done wrong and are speaking up or saying that we are, sometimes we don't like y'all. And we're very cautious. We're not the only people. There's something wrong when there's a group of two different groups of people that are saying like, hey, y'all need to get yourself together because this is not right. The way y'all are treating people and treating us is not okay. They both called both groups savages. They thought, you know, we were unintelligent and all these things. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just sad. It's saddening. And then I dare them to play the racist card on them. <laughs> I dare them. I dare them. <laughs> dare them after that trail of tears I would have been totally done but um yeah it's just really like I said earlier it's a slap in the face mm-hmm. and it's more than just those two groups honestly every minority every every ethnic group that is not white in the United States has faced 264 years of racism and discrimination so I feel like all minorities mm-hmm. can't be racist because as soon as Asian Americans came over here, Hispanic Americans came over here, they faced yes. all kinds of discrimination. Mm-hmm. So for you to try to call someone who's a minority a racist, like how dare you? When their racial group, their ancestors, their families have faced so much hurt and dehumanization in your hands. To get over here and build. 64 years. I've done the math. <laughs> That's a long ass time. Yeah. Give or take. 
because some people got here later, but that's yeah. okay. Yeah. Yeah. Shut yeah. Okay. Uh, very good come to Jesus moment already um, shout out to our Native American brothers and sisters and gender non-binary people um, <laughs> so on that note <laughs> Miss Alicia you talked about the, um, the imperialism of the black woman's aesthetic uh-huh. <laughs> can you elaborate to people this is going to be interesting I can already tell <laughs> um, basically People have been, you know, trying to maybe mock our um, African-Americans' beauty or try to steal what we have necessarily by plastic surgery and um, what else do they do nowadays? Whatever they do. But lip injections. Lip injections, mm-hmm. weaves, a lot of stuff. And they get praised for it more than black people who have it naturally. And we get looked down upon as, oh, she got a big butt, or, um, oh, her lips are too big, or, you know, like her nose is too wide, like I don't wanna talk to her, whatever. So when celebrities or when other minorities, I mean not minorities, when other races try to like incorporate what we have onto them it's like oh well I'm beautiful and you know like society sees it as it's not as praised as um on black people as it is other people and it's not fair it's not it's not right at all because we were born with these features we were we were made fun of for these for a long ass time a long time (laughs) so like for you to just try to steal to steal my booty and then you know you get a check like no this that's not how it works and unfortunately it is how it's working right now but it needs to be stopped yeah mm-hmm. it's funny um that you say that because i was just looking at something on facebook um on matt mac cosmetics they posted um oh, the, the black lips. Lips. Yeah, yeah the lips of the black woman with mm-hmm. like this purple this beautiful purple um, lip color and all throughout the comments were just these people berating her for her lips talking about oh the fish lips thought it was Jay-Z mm-hmm. you know monkey all of these very racist comments mm-hmm. and you know if that was Kylie Jenner with those same lips people were like oh my gosh her lips are so perfect hashtag envy mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. when it's on goals. a white person yeah hashtag goals <laughs> when it's on a white person it's praised like oh my gosh it's so beautiful but then when you place that something that naturally occurs on the black body just of how genetics work and um, our genealogy then all of a sudden it becomes ugly just because that's historic that's how they've part of um, slavery and oppression Mm -hmm. is dehumanizing your target and they've dehumanized those aspects on our body but beautify them on others and just to be clear um, we're not because I know somebody's gonna be like, well, so and so was born with thick lips, or she yeah, had, she was born like, yeah, that's cool, but still, like we're not talking down on anyone who is born with thick lips or thick like when we know we're not the only racial group to have these attributes, but um, just the fact that someone who was born naturally with the same features as a black person, but happens to not be black and is maybe white she would still be deemed beautiful because she's white. Like her same attributes. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, still proven our argument that 
like yeah, not even just deemed beautiful but deemed ideal like yeah. oh mm-hmm. oh she has curves she has a big butt oh her lips are so nice that's perfection but then you know a black woman walking across and it's like oh that's ugly like, but those are the same qualities though mm-hmm. and it just goes back to this pervasive it's not just racism which is oftentimes um, when we talk about racism what I like to talk about is white supremacy because that's that kind of encapsulates racism, white supremacy, especially when we're talking about black people, this kind of anti-blackness, because that's mm-hmm. really what it is. It's this just rampant, pervasive anti-blackness that's not only in America, but you see it globally mm-hmm. throughout yeah. several cultures um, because of how... Imperialism. Yeah, imperialism and colonialism and how mm-hmm. they've painted black people to be inferior. We look at the Americanization of the global culture, part of America's anti-blackness and just the Western world's anti-blackness has seeped yeah. into and diffused into other cultures as and well. And dark so, skin. Yeah. 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 And the white woman has become the ideal beauty standard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now it's like we all have to live up to that expectation, but no, we don't want to. Yeah. Why do... <laughs> What's he gonna say? I was gonna say something low key. <laughs> like, she was gonna say, Why would I wanna look, look like, like a you? thin lipped, slim hair. <laughs> oh my god! Like, why would I wanna look like that? But you know what? Black does not crack. And so, yeah. all these people that wanna get these little surgeries and stuff, yeah. in a couple years, give you, I'll give you about a good 10 years. Not even five. Not Maybe even you five. Spots at 40. As you get, yeah. Cause <laughs> you didn't have to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Once y'all age, that booty is gonna turn into mush. <laughs> and your lip is gonna go back. Well, I don't know if it's gonna go back. Yeah, they but go back. Yeah. Um, like lemon injections last for a certain amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> so all of that stuff is gonna go away, and we're still gonna be looking fabulous. Like, mm-hmm. so you can try to keep up. You can, but <laughs> that reminds me. You know how there was that um, picture that went viral of the <laughs> the mom and the twins, <laughs> and then there was some woman and her daughter in the UK. Yeah, and they and they dress that. exactly the same, and they tried to say like, oh, we look just alike. Yeah, and like, because I saw the memes about. on Facebook and it's like, can you tell who the daughter is? And then it's like, yes, we can. <laughs> it's very obvious. Like, and then like, this doesn't work the reverse. Like. <laughs> oh, of course, there are some white people who do age beautifully. Yeah. Um, yeah, of course. But, you know, it's just, as Sterling said last week, it's just the way your melanin is set up. Just when you have more melanin, you you don't age slower but it's not as visual visual mm-hmm. as like other people Greek I don't I don't know if people can sort of them like why are Caucasian but Grecian and like Italian like well, people I don't think people consider them white. Oh, okay they consider them white yeah so? Greeks and Italians girls are yeah. very white but um they have I like the Italian men they have That's a, neither here nor there <laughs> <laughs> no, they're beautiful. Um, but they they have um they have a color to their skin though. Yeah. Like they're like they're like a, olive tone. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. why I like. But they don't they don't they 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 keep their age pretty. Mm-hmm. That's pretty why well. I thought like when I think of white, not if you've seen mob wives, but continue. Yeah, <gasps> oh, they oh, age. Yeah. They age. Uh, yeah, they look <laughs> rip. When I think of white, they look like reptiles. Like oh this skin, like God. looks like I don't know go what's going there. on, but like it looks oh. like leather. I think it's the makeup. No, I think it is. They pound that makeup on. No, the makeup helps. Without the makeup, like if you've seen, like, this is going to a tangent. What are you saying? (laughs) Anyways, when I, this may just be like me personally, but when I think of white, 
I think of like Anglo-Saxon, like England. Like France. the WASP, um, which is what white Anglo-Saxon mm. Protestants. Protestants. Yeah, like if you're from, like, I guess Italy is Western Europe, but like really, really Western Europe. Like when you're almost in North America. So, what, so you don't consider Russians white Germans. or like Ukrainians? <sighs> Because a I lot mean, of white people nowadays race? are mixed with okay, a whole me, bunch of. But not let even me clarify. They just have. They just come from different countries. I feel like the Anglo-Saxons are white, but they have no ethnic. Like they don't have an ethnicity, but you can be white and have an ethnicity. If you get what I'm saying, like so, Russians are white, but their ethnicity is Russian. Russian. Mm-hmm. And like, like Slovakian. But Anglo Saxons, their ethnicity is that's not know, English. Anglo Saxon ain't nothing. That's a piece of paper. Like that's. <laughs> That's a piece of paper. Let me check myself. Anyways. I just consider people from Europe and Russia's Europe, quote unquote, which I'm never going to get into that geographical conversation, but people from from Europe are white to me, whether they're from Spain or from, you know, Italy or Greece or, and people with European heritage. You're right. Mm-hmm. With a lot of, you know, like we talk about general minorities, like I don't consider a lot of Hispanic people, people of color, because a lot of them are of European descent. Mm-hmm. Like especially if you're from Spain, yeah. they'd be straight up blonde. And not even just from yeah. Spain, but just like ones from South America and Latin America in general. Like I always just, because it always just confuses me, because I'm like you, 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 you receive white privilege too. Like just because your last name is Sanchez instead of Smith does not make you a person of color. It depends on how you look, though, because there and are there what dark mixed with yeah. yeah there are dark skinned yeah. Af, you know. That's yeah. That's why I said most Latinos. So like you have your white Latinos, you have your mestizos, your indigenous people, your black Latinos. There's all these different, but fifty three percent of Mexicans in the United States identify as white. So I'm not going to classify them as people of color when mm-hmm. they are. They call themselves white, mm-hmm. but that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> 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 One thing we that's came up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I know why they do that. Yeah. Um, disregard what I said earlier. <laughs> Low key sounded like real. I don't even know what I was getting at, but I feel like yeah, people can be like the race. There, it's so weird to talk about race because it's like it's such a human. Like we Concept. just gotta category categorize things, which yeah. is. Horrible. Stupid. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I guess it helps us understand the world better, but we're all people at the end of the day, no matter how different we look. And if it wasn't, if we weren't categorizing people based on race, it would be something else. Yeah, it was something so, else historically. It was always na- nation and religion. Like, yeah. oh, you were English, or oh, you were Catholic, Muslim. And then, you know, through colonialism and imperialism, then it became, okay, let's, let's um, see how we can um, sleep with ourselves at night. So let's create these different races and say that this race is superior to this race. So therefore, we have an Eugenics. obligation to, yeah, to oppress <laughs> them and to what they used to say the white man's burden was to go across the globe and you know, um, <laughs> um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, and spread save us all. Spread their they were doing. Spread their knowledge and culture. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. To culture the. Brown Don't nobody people. watch all funky yeah. culture. We're all sad. You know, civilize the. You know, brown people of the world, and save our souls because we were all going yeah. to hell. <laughs> the curse of Ham. Yeah. Mm. Okay. <laughs> so next up, Sterling, you talked about black educators and um, the need for black people in higher education, just education in general. Mm-hmm. Um, can you kind of expand upon that? Yeah. So 
it's kind of like personal to me because, um, you know, a, a bunch of us have, uh, African-Americans have probably had grandparents and ancestors, aunt, even aunts, uncles, you know, that um, due to whatever reasons um, could not afford like a higher education, couldn't go to the same schools as, you know, um, white people because of segregation laws, different different things that have just stopped African, tried to stop African-Americans from attaining a higher education. And so like, being a African-American person who came from a line of educators, and like my dad, he's a professor. Um, so it really like always got to me how when I would grow up in school and me and my friends would go to class and I would not see any African-American teachers. My first, ooh, my first African-American teacher was my eighth grade year in high school. I mean, my eighth grade, uh, my eighth grade year in middle school, and her name was Miss Williams, and she taught us about our history in that class. She taught everybody about everyone's history, and she did it to. Um, she had a passion for it, and she made us love it too. And not saying that other other people of other races that teach are not passionate about their stuff because I've had great Caucasian teachers that gave me a great education. But as little girls and little boys, and we look around and we see all the people who are educating us do not look like us, what does that make people think? And so finally, when we're getting, when we're getting out of that um, middle school, that high school um, realm, where there are not a lot of um, African-American educators, we get into college, and this is supposed to be a place, uh, like a, a depending diversity. on, yeah, of diversity and new beginnings and enlightenment, and you're being able yeah. to see the world, really, for, your fir- for the first time from up under your parents' wing. And coming to Texas State, um, <laughs> I went to one a black faculty and student mixer and that really you know it really got to me and I was like wow like they're they're African-American you know um professors and and faculty and people that have gone and gone their higher education and came back and taught and did whatever they need to do here for this school but when I started my classes I was sadly disappointed and then when I was looking at the statistics on how many African-American faculty, professors, et cetera, et cetera, are here, I was, again, sadly yeah. disappointed. I was surprised when I, because we did a story on it at the University of Star, and when you look at the disparity, it's very... It's huge. It was huge. <laughs> there was, like, literally, what, like, 40 or... Like, somewhere between, like, 30 and 50. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at white and... Um, I mean, they just grouped all Hispanics together. I guess I'll say Hispanics in general, regardless of race. They were like, what? Like white people were like six some six hundred and something. Hispanics were like four hundred and something. So when you see that, like black people were like fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Five zero. And it's so important, not just for black people that we have black professors, mm-hmm. but for people of other race, so they can quote unquote experience different walks of life. But that's that's something else. Um, so that they can see a different perspective and they're not still, and what am I saying? So that they can see a different perspective and I don't know, not just be limited to what they know, if that makes sense. Like learning from a different, like learning from someone who's different from you will teach you things 
that you've never even thought about before yeah, or exactly. and show you how to think of things in a way that you've never thought about yeah, them before. They bring completely different experiences mm-hmm. and ways to think about things that you, pro- as a person who's not of that background, like you said, probably would have never thought of or may not have even cared to find out for yourself. So there's a, a which is why diversity is so important because all these people come together and they bring all kind of differences and all kind of, um, whether it's background or racially or financially or just the way that they think, when you bring all those things together, you become a more well-rounded person because mm-hmm. you know every every kind of um, possible uh, experience and every kind of perspective. Mm-hmm. And that's what I tried to say in my column um, because I was talking about um, how maybe we could rid, you know, not saying that this is like a reason like they should be prejudiced or have like, or have ignorant ideals about the African-American community, but a whole lot of that hopefully would be rid when they have African-American professors and teachers teaching them, you know, fields that they love, like science or math or English or, you know, and it would just, it would just, kind of soften their hearts at least you know mm-hmm. and yeah. say look like this is a this is a professional this is a doctor or a person who has attained their masters you know um and add i mean add prestige to you know it just clear our name hopefully of a lot of the ignorance that has been put upon us from these racist prejudice ideals um so that was my main point <laughs> trying to get across. I didn't get any hate mail. Yeah. Yay. I'm glad. Must be nice. It, yeah. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. At least had two weeks in a row of, <laughs> <laughs> of very specific attacks. So, yeah. So now we're shifting it on to you. Yeah. I was not prepared. Yeah. But then this week was a softer topic for Sterling. Like, black yeah. edu- like who's going to be like, of course we don't need more. <laughs> You'd be surprised. Yeah. Somebody yeah. would say surprised. that. <laughs> Speaking of that, at the student government debate, Mm-hmm. There was a boy there who, like, during the, they were, uh, it was when the presidents, the mm-hmm. candidates for presidency were debating. About. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a black guy there who asked the question. Oh, I heard um, about this. Yeah. About um, what did they think about the fact that there's so few black professors and the lack of a black studies department. Mm-hmm. And boy, it was just so interesting to watch these candidates talk circles around this question and not even get to the answer. It got so bad to the point where he he raised his hand again and was mm-hmm. like, can you answer my question? And he was like, I'm sorry, what was your question? I'm like, I bet you did forget. You weren't even talking about it. And so then he had to ask the question again. And it's just like, wow, they still didn't answer the question. Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show like how important that these things come into fruition at Texas State because you have people that are like running for positions of power, at least in the student government aspect, that don't know what the heck they're talking about. Nor do they care, some of them. Yeah. <laughs> talking about like, oh, it, I've met people from different walks of life. And like I tweeted, how is being black? Like, I'm glad that my being black is just limited to a walk of life. <laughs> 
<laughs> like what? But like we don't share the same commonality sometimes. And like the black experience in America was no easy breezy walk. Like how dare yeah. you? At certain it wasn't times, a, it was a crawl. Yes. Through, like, Boy, it wasn't even <laughs> a crawl. It was piranha infested water. Like yeah. it was difficult. It, we weren't just walking. Girl. It was a fight. It, yeah, yes. it was a fight through Boy. life. <laughs> a fight through life. That's perfect. Uh, <laughs> and I just feel like if they would have had a black professor that would have been like like explain that to them like you know it's not as easy like even though I'm just a person at the end of the day as a black person in America my experience has not been easy so don't limit me to being just a person if that makes sense like that goes back to that whole I don't see color nonsense and we don't want you to feel sorry for us because that's a whole lot of people's ex- oh we are not gonna feel sorry for you everyone has the same opportunities blah 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 well the statement you said right there cancels out itself because honestly the way things are looking out everyone does not have the same opportunities mm-hmm. and it, it it trickles down from generations to generations like don't get me started mm-hmm. but I like it was it was just we just want you to respect us. Yeah. Yes. And speaking of generation to generation and trickling down, I read about black business this week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and why? <laughs> See, I like that segue. Mm-hmm. Um, that was smooth. It was smooth. Like melted butter. Butter. Like cocoa butter. Yes. And why it's so important to support black businesses because, as I touched on in my column, historically, black people have, have been. Um, have been divorced from certain um, institutional support to generate wealth. Um, And I think that it's important that we as a community um, attempt try to help ourselves and build wealth um, through supporting black businesses because (laughs) we kind of talked about this um, earlier, but you know, some people degrade and deride black businesses because they have certain stereotypes about black people so they think black people in business will act a certain way or mm-hmm. provide inferior services or products um so i just and even you see that a lot from fellow black people who are like oh like oh you know shaniqua opened up her own beauty salon i'm like, not going to that one. i want to go to shaniqua's beauty salon it's like but you're going to Jennifer's though. Yeah, why are you and going to Jennifer's? What's she gonna do to your hair? hair. <laughs> so, like, yeah, and like going off of that, there are certain things that black people buy that are specific to black people. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like hair care products or weave. So why are we buying our hair care products from people who are not black? Exactly. They dominate, th- and that's another thing. Yeah, they, they stop letting. Industries other I'm, I'm not trying to put down other races other people's grind shine or whatever stop but stop investing <sighs> money and in, in other yeah. people's and other in other communities yeah because yeah. like i touched on in the column a black dollar stays in the black community for six hours it stays in the asian community for a month the white community for 17 days six hours we're not investing in ourselves. We're throwing our money at everyone else. Mm-hmm. And then we wonder why our communities are so dilapidated and so destitute. Mm-hmm. Because we rather, what, oh wow. <laughs> we rather spend our money on these other things because, and that goes to internalized sense of inferiority because we think that we can't create things as good as other people because that's been instilled in us socially and uh, culturally for so long in America. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously not true, even if, the only examples I can think of relate to natural hair, so I'm sorry. But if you look at the success of products like Shea Moisture or Carol's Daughter, mm-hmm. which 
which got they charged them, yeah they charged them a lot of money for their products but they were founded by black people for black people exactly and they were good pro- they're good products yeah. so yeah to say that to not support ourselves because that we think that our products aren't as good as someone else's yeah that's yeah. crazy and especially in oh go ahead Oh, I'm sorry. Especially in food. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you know oh, black people can throw it out. So why are you going to let Uncle Ray's uh, restaurant close down? Go buy some food. You know he can cook. What you doing? <laughs> Boy. Get you a little catfish plate. I know. Girl, okay. get you some crawfish. What you doing? Go have them dig back behind there. Get them sweet potato pies that Grandmama was making. Yes. Like. Yes. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> Uncle Ray's. Don't restaurant. get the pumpkin toaster strudel from McDonald's. I know. If you try that thing, it'll be nasty. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> even digest in Do your stomach that? for like th- 30 days or something. Like, like the apple, I mean, like the apple pie. Oh, the like, like It's pumpkin. The, it was pumpkin yeah. for Thanksgiving. Oh. Disgusting. <laughs> Those aren't even pies. I'm like, what is this? It's a lump of nothing. <laughs> Nothing good for your body. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can get a real good one. Oh, and another thing, like black businesses, black owners, black founded corporations and different things like that, just because you are going through rough times, honestly, personally, I know that um, that you're trying to make a living for your family and different things like that. And if it constitute to having to sell out to somebody else, then I get that times get hard, things don't work out. But the minute that something looks a little like down in your business, don't automatically sell to the white man. Please do not. Please or do not give woman. up. Yeah, or white mo- woman. Please do not give up all this 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 hard work that you have put in and the time and the effort and the planning and then sell out to somebody who is not even going to appreciate your dream. Mm-hmm. That is not going to it is not going to take care or 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 have the same ideals about your vision as you, and, and it's just really sad. Like companies like Motions that sold out years ago to you know white people. Mm-hmm. Same yeah. with no, BET. Motions was owned by white people. I'm glad I don't use that product. Cause that, like, why did you go use your hair? They use like alcohol. Yeah, I don't use motions. But it didn't used to be like that. Like motions way back then, when when like my mom was coming up, it was like a good product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happened to all those uh, Jerry Curl companies? Where they go? Because <laughs> nobody wears Jerry Curl. <laughs> Michaela. I mean, they could have reinvented themselves. They, that's on, on the them. next bandwagon. That's on them, though. I'm just saying, believe in yourself, honey. Yeah, they got a little yourself. heartbreaking when Jerry yeah. Curl's yeah. in our style. That's what it was. It's <laughs> Jerry Curl. It's important to believe in yourself, but it's also important for us to support them because mm-hmm. a lot of times they go under because, you know, they can believe in themselves till the cows come home, but if we're not giving them service and yeah. business, then they can't support themselves and they have to unfortunately sometimes sell out mm-hmm. um, which is like unfortunate and me personally I don't mind spending a little extra money to support mm-hmm. my community and my people exactly mm-hmm. that fish plate goes up a dollar fifty I'm fine as long as the food and the quality is still the same mm-hmm. and I'm getting I'm throwing down with the get down okay <laughs> let me pay my extra 150 and move right along and I feel <gasps> like, okay um, <laughs> I feel like the theme of, of like all our talks has been that 
we need to uplift each other mm-hmm. because if we don't, who else will? And the same thing applies in this case of black businesses. We need to support each other mm-hmm. because it can only benefit us. Yeah. And uplifting is just such an important thing for us as a community. Mm-hmm. So if you want to hear more upliftment, next week we will be just giving an ode to black women. Alicia will be writing about, about black men, an ode to black men. Michaela ode to black beauty and sterling will be talking about an ode to black hair and curl discrimination which is not an ode but very <laughs> prevalent <laughs> prevalent in the community which is quite problematic um so we'll be discussing those topics next week if you have any comments tweet us at university star or leave a comment on our webpage universitystar.com. brendan sams signing out